So before we start recording this week's episode, I have an announcement. Um, this is this is Jake's last recording with us. Aww. Yeah. I know. Our uh, our goal was to finish this chapter in the castle with Wingatha, but Jake's having a baby, and babies don't wait. So yeah, this is uh, this is Jake's last game with us. Farewell. Wingatha is not going to just blip out of existence. <laughs> Our editor, Leanne, is going to play Wingatha for the rest of the chapter. Uh, Jake gave us permission to do that. So This is what you have to do uh, to redeem yourself. <laughs> name your baby Wingatha. <laughs> <laughs> it is a real name, actually. I mean, it's a great name. Maybe like a middle name? It could be your kid's real name. Don't do it. <laughs> just flip it in there. Well, I'm just saying, if you don't have a middle name, <laughs> something to consider. <laughs> and... Yeah, I just wanted to say thanks for playing, and it was a fucking delight to have you, dude. Uh, it's been super magical, guys. Previously on Bad Heroes. Yuria pulled out the stake. This vampire sprung up instantly and bit Yuria and drained some of her blood. I shot a crossbow bolt at this terrifying vampire, and she did nothing. She doesn't care. What are five lambs like you doing in a place like this? When she grins, it is animal. You're here to kill Oberon, <laughs> and I'm here to kill Oberon. I won't stand in your way if you don't stand in mine. Iria shuffles out of her way really quickly. How can we be sure that you won't feed on us? <sighs> Darling, you can't. Gideon's going to shoot her crossbow again. Like, as soon as she was like, well, you can't, <laughs> she's just going to fire the trigger. <laughs> I love it. Gideon, she just launches herself at you. She is actually walking up the wall like a spider while dragging you with her. Ew. She just flips over so that her back is resting against the ceiling. Oh God, so now I'm falling. <laughs> she drops Gideon. Stake her and I could just like catch her in the hoop. All right, Wingitha is going to charge up the wall 300 style, both stakes to the heart. You're going to make me an acrobatics check. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. Well, it would have been cool. You shouldn't have done that. And she drops to the floor. Oh, there's a lot of things I shouldn't have done. There is a swirl of black smoke. And when that smoke clears, you don't see a woman, but an enormous hyena with her teeth bared and her eyes glowing. Yeah. I'm ready to hold the hoop more and watch people fall around me. That's cool. I like that. Um, and I want to say, looking at this hyena, it is it is huge. It is it is not a normal hyena. It's huge. And it is <laughs> this huge hyena is not gonna fit through the ring gate. <laughs> God damn it. Yo. Well, let me see if I have a saddle in my bag next, I guess. <laughs> Oh, this again. <laughs> I'm just gonna <laughs> I'm just gonna like try to put the ring back in the backpack as if nobody noticed and just try to resume <laughs> a normal stance with my bow and arrow. That's that's what I'm gonna do. <laughs> Damn it. And Gideon, it was your turn next and you said you screamed. That seems right. <laughs> <laughs> Did you scream for flavor or did you scream as an attack? 
I'm pretty sure I would have screamed as an Hang on, where are my spells? Burp, 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 burp. So you have to do a fortitude partial saving throw. Okay. So you are on the floor, like, landing like a cat on your hands and the balls of your feet. Wingatha is flat on her back. I think I landed with my claws out because they were still out and then they retracted. But yes, Wingatha just splatted next to me. So flavor for what you do? So just from that kind of crouched position, as Gideon's watching this huge beast form out of... Did you say she, like, kind of turned into smoke and then became a hyena? She landed on the ground and smoke enveloped her. And then when the smoke faded, it was a hyena. Okay, so yeah, as that smoke is clearing and she sees the hyena, she lets out the ear-piercing scream and is still in that crouched position. Um, so yeah, you have to do fortitude, saving throw, and uh, if you do it successfully, then you do not get dazed. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Tondra just sent me sent everyone the link to the ride skill, like apropos of nothing. So I'm... <laughs> yeah, yeah, no reason at all. I'm just uh, putting nothing is there. Nobody uh, right needs now. to worry about that. Nobody. So as per usual, I'm very worried. <laughs> okay, so you scream at Thalia and she tries to do fortitude save and that's a 19. <laughs> Well, tits. Um, oh, well, I rolled a six for damage, uh, but that gets halved. So, okay. yep. So it's just three damage. Sonic damage. Cool. Alrighty. She looks uh, pretty much unfazed. Uh, you want to do anything else in your turn? Um, so she's closest to me and Wingatha, right? Yes. Close enough for opportunity attack. Or am I good to back up? You're good to back up. She's about five feet away. Okay. So yeah, I'm going to just back up to wherever Tonner is. Slowly concealing the ring in the backpack. <laughs> shove, shove, shove. Shove, shove, shove. <laughs> nothing, nothing to see here. Move along. <laughs> the good news is she has no idea what that thing is. <laughs> so she doesn't know what <laughs> That's happened. really good. Yeah. Yeah. Very handy. Would it fit over her head? The hyena's head? <laughs> lower jaw maybe <laughs> one leg oh boy Tonner it is you okay. uh, and I'm approximately 10 feet away I think I'm still on the no I moved more toward the middle of the room because I was trying to catch falling vampire right yeah yeah you can say you're like 10 feet I'm picturing the room as a clock mm-hmm. and the coffin is in the middle Tonner you're somewhere near 3 o'clock edging towards the middle Gideon and Wingatha, you're kind of in the middle. Thalia's near you. And Nyx and Iria are at 6 o'clock by the entrance. Okay. And at noon, or at 12 o'clock, there is another open door. That's good to know. Um, But I'm going to continue the attack. Uh, What I'm going to do is produce flame. Mm -hmm. I can hurl the flames up to 120 feet. Jesus. Okay, cool. So I'm going to produce flame and... I guess that'll be the fast action because it's just a verbal and then I'm going to try to attack. Is that cool? Yeah, I think that makes sense. Cool. All right. Uh, so I'm going to attack with that and my roll is uh, so 14. Against AC? No. Okay. So that goes flinging past. Mm-hmm. I'm actually going to keep my owl out of this particular fight because I don't want the owl to get in the jaws. Yeah, that's probably smart. <laughs> okay. It's Nyx. 
And next, he runs away. <laughs> this isn't worth it. Uh, no, he, Tonmer, he looks at the fire in your hand and then he looks at the coffin and then he shouts, um, the coffin, burn the coffin. Oh. Okay. I will do that on my next next try. So Nick shouts that and you guys, well, no, that's for that's a that's a later. Okay. That's a later problem. Ominous. <laughs> oh, nope, nope, that's for later. That's to kill you with later. <laughs> <laughs> he loads up a normal crossbow bolt into his crossbow, not a heart stake bolt, and fires it at the hyena. And that's a hit. All right, Wingatha, it is you. Wingatha, Wingatha's all ready. Wingatha's going to do a... Uh... No, Wingatha's prone. Wingatha has to get up. <laughs> Wingatha's not ready at all. <laughs> yeah, I know. She's on her back. She's on her back. <laughs> She's doing a back roll into a crouch. That's pretty cool. Shoving the stakes back into her van braces. Mm. And then um, doing another dive roll towards her shield and spear. And I don't know if I can get far enough... Without provoking an attack. You're five feet away, so you can... They should be near Nyx. Okay, I think it's fair. You can you can kind of back roll, which is so cool. I like that so much. Back roll towards Nyx, who's directly behind you, and pick up your shield and spear. And I think this turn, you can get your stuff and stand up. Okay, cool. So I'll throw the shield back onto my back and have the spear all ready to go. Mm-hmm. Bam, there we are. Yep, 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 yep. Iria, it is you. <sighs> okay. So I'm by the door. Mm-hmm. How far away is that from everyone else? Are they all in the center? Thalia is near the center. She's about 15 feet. Um, and Tanra and Gideon are like 15 feet to your right along the wall. Hmm. And then the other door, which leads elsewhere, is 30 feet straight across the room. Okay. I can see all of this happening. Yeah, this room is super open. And it's lit by torches on the wall behind stained glass. So by the way, this whole fight is like happening in weird colors. What? Because there's stained glass in front of the torches. So it's kind of like, you know, if you stand in a church right underneath a big stained glass window and there's little sort of like artifacts of color, that's happening in this whole room and it looks kind of eerie. Super cool. Eerie. Get out. Get out. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so Eerie is just really, really conflicted, going back and forth with her eyes, seeing everyone fighting and, and just like having an inner crisis and <laughs> a crisis of faith. I love hyenas, but it's scary, but I love it, but it's scary. <laughs> and she is going to intimidate, but not Thalia, mm-hmm. everyone else. She's going to intimidate oh, everyone else. I love it. Mm. Do it. <laughs> Y'all ready for this? What does it do? I love it so much. You should roll twice and take the better number. Yeah. Okay. I love it too now. The first was a 16. Second is a 8. So 16 plus 9. Oh. All right. And what, what's this a check against? So she's trying to intimidate you guys. Right. And what's the... Are you trying to intimidate them into doing what? Like into listening to you? To stopping the fight. Trying to break up the fight. So it's... Probably not demoralized. It's probably mm, like influence attitude. I mean, I don't know that it actually slides into one of these things. Is there like a command? Okay, your role is good. So that's compelling. Um, I'm going to put this in the arena of role play instead of like in the mechanical arena where I'm going to like force you guys to do anything. So do you like hit your drum really loud to get attention? 
Yes, I do that. So Iria pulls out her drum and goes, Hey, hey, everyone. Let's stop. Is that intimidating? God damn it. <laughs> I'm, I'm not naturally don't, intimidating. Don't laugh at her. She's intimidating you. Hey, don't laugh at me. Right. I'm intimidating you. All right. So you hit your drum and everybody looks to you for a second. And you say, um... and you say area says hey we're all here for a reason we're all semi alive for a reason let's get back to that reason and take it away nix Okay, Nyx is picking up what you're laying down, and okay. he he holds out both of his hands in like a sort of calming motion and lets his crossbow fall to his belt and says, um, now, let's not argue about who shot who in the stomach <laughs> and who bit who in the throat. <laughs> we are all here to kill Lord Oberon. I think on that we can all agree. We have no conflict. And Iria, do you have anything else to do on your turn? Move closer. Iria moves closer. Okay. All right. To everyone. To the hyena? Moves to the center of the room. Mm. <laughs> so, so just to set the scene for you, Thalia is near the center of the room. You would be moving towards Thalia. Wingatha and Nyx are at six o'clock and Tonra and Gideon are at three o'clock. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to move towards Thalia because apparently I don't want to live. <laughs> <laughs> Very upsetting. Okay, so... <laughs> apparently I'm done on this mortal coil. <laughs> I don't want to play a bard anymore. I want to roll a barbarian. <laughs> okay, all right. And I think as you sort of like walk forward, Nyx, he kind of tries to grab you as you pass and you just slip through his fingers. Oh. Do better, Nyx. God, that's ominous. <laughs> Iria, all right, it's Thalia's turn. And you move forward towards this just enormous hyena. And do you have your like hands outstretched? Who are you looking at? What are you doing with your body? Um, what am I doing with my body? I'm... Besides putting it in the most danger physically possible. <laughs> <laughs> well, Iria is kind of like walking really slowly and steadily towards Thalia with a compassionate look on her face and like arms outstretched kind of like a it's all right it's all right kind of you know i'm going slowly not trying to press anything Mm -hmm. okay glad we had this talk (laughs) so iria as you walk towards this enormous hyena and you get close she watches you and then she leaps at you god damn it (laughs) for a hug she lands on top of you oh and you fall back onto the ground prone (laughs) no (laughs) And as she lands on you, she turns back into a woman. Oh. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. <laughs> See? <me? laughs> and this vampire is on top of you, straddling you, and she reaches down and holds your chin and looks into your eyes. And I need you to make a will-saving throw. Uh oh. Um, where's my dice? Wait, who's Will? <laughs> Get in here, Will! Save Will! <laughs> I feel like I already made that joke. <laughs> Whoever he is, fire at will. <laughs> yes. 
13 plus 5? That, that'll work. So you can tell that she was basically trying to use a dominate person spell, but it doesn't work. And she can see it doesn't work. And she pulls back and smiles. Did you manage to put the ring away? Yeah, totally. <laughs> Damn it. She's back into a woman form now. <laughs> Rapidly get it back out. <laughs> <laughs> Throw it over her head. Ring toss. Ring toss. Uh, the kitten used distraction so you can pull it out. Except that now she's she's pinned another one of us. <laughs> <sighs> it's like we like this or something. I don't know what's going on, guys. <laughs> So she leans back and she smiles and she says, um, there's more to you than meets the eye. And that's her turn. Gideon, it is you. <laughs> is, the, are, is the stomach invisible? Can I shoot another bolt? Oh at? <laughs> <laughs> shoot her in the butt. How was she angled what? exactly? <laughs> no, um, <laughs> you said to remind you about a thing with that book that I could do. Oh, sure. Yeah. So I was thinking about it. And I think it does make sense. I mean, you have a book on vampires. And I think if you want to use a turn as a full round action to look through that book in search of particular knowledge, I think you can do that because I'm sure it's indexed. And I would have you make an intelligence check, like a difficulty class 15. So you can make an intelligence check. And if you beat that, which I think your intelligence skill is pretty good. I mean, you got a little less than a 50-50 shot. Then you can find the information you're looking for in a round. I want to know more about the what Nix is proposing with setting the coffin on fire, what that would do. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to... So Gideon has, on her last turn, she backed up to where she was next to or behind Tonrir. That's like where she feels the safest. Aw. <laughs> just behind Tonrir. That's really sweet. <laughs> where the snake can come out of the hood. <laughs> we're forgetting about that. We just don't... Yeah. We're just... We're just uh, Gideon's mind blanks that as soon as the snake disappears. It's <laughs> we don't speak of the snake. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's mostly that Gideon trusts Tonrir's ability to notice things with his keen eyes. And if anything were to happen, knows that he would maybe call it out or do something that she could react to. Jump out of the way just in time for it to... <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's her feeling on that. But yeah, she wants to just rapidly like flip through the book and try to find the thing that she may have seen before about what delighting the coffin on fire would do. Okay. That is a 14 plus three, 17. Great. Okay. Um, so you flip through this book um, and you find it um, in a section about killing vampires. You realize that's, that's where you've seen it and what you see and you read very quickly and this is like actually pretty impressive because it's six seconds. So you're like rapidly flipping through a book to an exact page because I, I imagine like you have a really good memory for stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So you maybe saw the word coffin some point when you were flipping through it and you remembered the page and you were able to open it and read it. And that's, that's really cool, but that's also really Gideon. Um, and so what you read is that if a vampire is damaged enough in game terms, if it's down to zero hit points, um, it will turn into a gas. And that gas, like that gaseous form, will attempt to find its coffin. And if it finds its coffin, it's able to like get life force back. If it can't find its coffin, for example, if its coffin is destroyed, then it's not able to take on a corporeal form again. Ever? And it, in fact, dies. Wow. 
you also know, though, and it's mentioned in like a little footnote, um, the vampires who are not severely damaged and dying can just turn into like a take like a smoke form to move around. And that's not necessarily the same thing. They only need to go to their coffin when they are like, they are dead. They are zero hook points. They are going to die. Okay. I think Gideon would say that just to Tonrir. She would just tell him because he was the one who was, who Nyx was telling to light the fire. Okay. And obviously she wouldn't want to say it loud enough for Thalia to know what was going on. Mm-hmm. Okay, Tonrir, it is you. And you get you got some choices to make. Yeah, man. This is like a choose your own adventure, but a lot better because I'm making choices and failing at them. It's really fun. <laughs> That's how they usually work in choose your own adventures. Right. <laughs> you go to the right, you're eaten by tigers. <laughs> you go to the left, you're mauled by tigers. Go straight forward, you're mauled by your mom who's eaten by tigers. Like it's it's You stay put, you were the tiger all along. <laughs> um I am going to, because the action stopped, you know, that guy's holding all the cats. This is where we're at right now. Um, <laughs> it's not going to make sense to people listening to this. I, I'm not going to know what you're better. talking about. It makes it even better. Um, there is, they'll, they'll rewind the episode and be like, what's with the There cats? is no guy holding cats. <laughs> um, so what? Pause the episode. Go watch Aristocat. <laughs> <laughs> There's no time. Go watch Aristocat. Uh, since all of the action slowed and whatnot, and everybody's just like kind of at that, it's a Mexican standoff again. I'm gonna see about sensing motive to see if her attempt to dissuade combat worked against our foe here. Okay. Cool. I'm rolling 16 plus three, so 19. Okay. Um, and you're trying to read Thalia specifically. Correct. I'm trying to see if she's going to finally be like, oh, that was fun, but you know, now we have actually things to do. Uh, that's actually a pretty good summary of what you what you interpret looking at her. Um, she looks amused. like She's definitely looking at Iria with a high level of amusement and interest, but she actually doesn't really look particularly violent. Um, and she actually looks like she's in pretty good shape, despite all the damage she's taken. <sighs> all right. So I guess... Uh, I guess he'll, uh, Tom Mayer will let out another sigh. He's going to keep the flame in hand, I guess, because that's, you know, it's, you know, lasts for a couple more minutes. But he's going to ease his stance a little bit. And I don't know if he's going to say anything. Um, ooh, wait a minute. And uh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say also anytime if everybody like if everybody wants to stop combat, we can go into open, which means you guys can talk more naturally if that is where you guys are at. But just if you guys get to that point during anything and an opponent is not actively attacking you, let me know and we'll go into open. So one of the things that I've just realized is we never established Tonrir's age. No, we didn't. He's half elf. So I assume it's actually a little hard to pin down. Yeah. Um, I thought there was a, a roller for that. Uh, let me get you an age really quick. Cause they, their middle age is 175 years. Uh-huh. Or, sorry. No, sorry. Middle age is 62 years <laughs> and old is 93 for a half elf, not for an elf. Okay. Okay. I was going to say, um, so let's say middle age we'll just go with an even 60 was any of the forest that he saw in the maps before everything changed recognizable to him 
back in the library in the study. So you have been alive long enough that maybe you are aware that some parts of these forests didn't used to be part of Vire. Um, like part of it used to be in Vire, part of it used to not be. And now it is all solidly called Vire. Okay. So I'm going to go into just, I will vote for open for the moment. And what I'm going to do on the side is I'm going to whisper you something separately. Um, that's uh, character specific for clarity. Okay. Yeah. Great. Should we make everyone take their headphones off? I'm just, it's going to be really quick. I'll, I'll, I'll message it to you in discord. Okay. Is that, do you want the listeners to hear it or not yet? Okay, great. Yeah. If you guys ever want to say anything privately to me without other people hearing, which is totally cool, feel free, or you can message it to me. So yeah, I'm voting for open y'all cool with it. I'm with that. Yeah. Yeah. Wingeth is like in, in a ready pose with the spear still out, but is totally willing to talk. Okay. Open. It is still wearing those fuzzy pink slippers. <laughs> totally. You didn't hear me take them off, did you? Wingeth has never taken them off. <laughs> <laughs> so comfortable. My next move in combat was going to involve them, so. Ooh. Of course it was. Of course it was. This is an amazing fan art opportunity. <laughs> like Wingeth is standing at the ready. Yep. So, um, yeah, uh, Rares decided to, uh, you know, he's keeping the flame in hand, but uh, he finally says, have you been enjoying yourself having fun? She says, um, oh, yes. Being awake. <laughs> it is a gift most take for granted. You know, I could say the same thing about sleep. <laughs> <laughs> she, uh, she was actively pinning you down. I think. <laughs> <laughs> she says, um, <laughs> sleep for a hundred years and then talk to me about it. Yeah, it's a bit much. Um, yeah, she's just gonna she's just gonna watch you guys for now. Well, Iria kind of sits up a little bit and and is like, "So, what's up with that hyena stuff? Like, that was pretty cool. How'd you do that?" <laughs> Don't remind her. Surely, the most pressing question. <laughs> um, she says, um, "Oh, pretty kitty." If you had taken my offer, you'd know. Damn. And then Iria does that like arm thing where it's like, darn it. <laughs> <laughs> From the floor. <laughs> and I think she actually turns into smoke. Like her her figure sort of starts disappearing into smoke. And then she the smoke drifts backwards and she reforms on the other side of the room at 12 o'clock. Just standing there watching you guys. Is that near the other door? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, well, Iria gets up. <laughs> <laughs> and she says, um, well, this has been fun, but if there's nothing else, I guess I'll see you around. Winga is going to chime in. Uh, were you part of the court of buyer by any chance? <laughs> yes. Yes, I was. Were you queen? She says, um, queen. <laughs> no, no, I was merely a lady of the court. And she says, um, I was merely a lady of the court, and Lord Oberon was a lord of the court. Back in the day, I imagine that Vire has gone through several generations now. Any desire to go back? She thinks about that for a minute and says, um, I don't think anyone I knew would be alive. And... She's sort of getting lost in thought. And she says, um, 
I, <laughs> I knew everyone and I was very well liked. Smart and pretty will do that. And <laughs> Oberon was well liked too and we were courting one another back when he was alive. And then he went traveling and locked himself up in his castle for half a year. And I assumed he'd found another partner. No great loss, I could find another, but then he came for me and he asked if I'd like to be made like him with the intention of locking me up in his dusty old castle to keep him company. As you may have guessed, my no was not heeded. After she says that, Tonrir looks down a bit of a look of dismay as well as a mix of thought crossing his face and says, um, So you wish to rid yourself of the castle and of this place, but if we kill Lord Oberon, what will happen to you? I am not a spawn. I am not a slave. (laughs) That was his mistake, I think. He set my mind free, thinking that I would love him as I had in life. Unfortunately, it's hard to love someone who's killed you. I I can't imagine who I'll be or what I'll want after I've killed him. That is for future me to decide. And she starts turning into smoke um, from the feet up, and her dress starts disappearing around her, um, and she says, um, Well, I'll see you when I see you. Though, if you remember, try to leave the final blow to me. Tom Ray does nothing. Irio waves. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. Wingatha was about to say something else, but just paused for a second too long. (laughs) She, she like, recorporeals a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Actually... Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, well, she's going to out with it then. Um, uh, so we've been asked by the Queen of Vire to acquire Oberon. Would you be able to kill him there after we've done so? She says, um, <laughs> the Queen of Vire, not the queen I knew, I assume, though perhaps just as terrible. No, I'm afraid... That Oberon must die as soon as I see him, here and now in this castle. I am not risking it. He has to die today. Well, shit. Out of um, seeing if there's any dumb luck about it, um, Tonmer is going to uh, produce the, um, what does he have, the ring, the bracelet? I can't remember what he has. Let me look. Uh, he has the silver bracelet with the, uh, the, the seal to show that we're under Queen's direction. He's going to show that to her and say, um, you may not know this queen, but perhaps you know the lineage and um, show the show the symbol specifically to her. Yes, I think <laughs> I think she was forming back into her corporeal form as you were talking. And then as you hold out your bracelet, suddenly just she is in front of you. Oh, boy. And she's right in front of you. And she, with cold fingers, lifts up your arm and looks at the symbol and says, um, Yes, that is the crest of the House of Fane. 
the house of Fane, who has ruled since I was in the court, and not much longer. Hmm. There are many more questions that might have come from this than answers, but now you know who we have been sent on behalf of. And she says, um, you were sent to capture a vampire? Yes. Well, leave me out of it, and I will leave you alone. And she turns into smoke. Uh, so- and <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, wing of Let's all let's all go around, shall we? <laughs> Just trying to time my cool villain outro. This is Dre Silvertooth, your GM, and thanks for listening to the 13th episode of Bad Heroes, which is the ninth part of the Forgotten Court chapter. Hey guys, this episode's like a week late, and oh boy am I sorry about that. (laughs) Starting 2020 off with a bang. Uh, Leanne and I were traveling, we were actually staying with Kaz for the holidays and bumming around Liska's place as well, and uh... Boy, time just got away from us, so here's hoping you'll forgive us. I guess my New Year's resolution is to not be a week late after this episode. I am thrilled to tell you that, wow, the audio quality going forward after this episode, not including this, not including this episode, is just like so much better because two of us dramatically upgraded our microphones. Uh, I have a new microphone, which I use next episode and will use forevermore, and Liska got a rock star mic for Christmas from their family. So finally, our bard will sound as beautiful in recording as they do in life. Thank you for sticking with us through the tough audio that comes with cheap startup mics. We really appreciate you seeing the story past the crackle. And man, I am just real excited for the audio going forward because it's just, it's going to make this, uh, this show an overall more enjoyable listening experience. And hey, speaking of enjoying your listening experience, if you've come this far and you're having a good time, why not tell a friend? Maybe somebody into role-playing games, somebody into audio dramas, or maybe just somebody who likes a good story. Word of mouth is probably the best way for startup creations to get around. So if you're willing to share our show on your social media or just link your best buddy, we're really going to appreciate it. And while we're talking about social media, we can be found at BadHeroesCast on Twitter or emailed at BadHeroesCast at gmail.com. I am Dre Silvertooth, uh, which is spelled D-R-E-A. I understand that's probably not people's first guess. And Silvertooth, spelled just like it sounds. And my co-producer is Leanne Rose, uh, which is spelled L-I-A-N-R-O-S-E. Gideon is played by Kaz Baloo, K-A-Z-Z-B-A-L-O-O. Tonrear is played by Coolness, K-O-U-L-N-I-S, one word. Uh, Iria is played by Liska Winter, L-I-S-K-A, and Winter, as usual. And Wingatha is played by Jake Hoskinson, uh, which is H-O-S-K-I-N-S-O-N. Most of us have Twitters under our names if you want to keep tabs on our individual creations. Who knows what we're getting up to? Uh, But you can reach anyone and everyone at Bad Heroes Cast. Music used in this episode is Night of Chaos by Kevin MacLeod and Acumeny Sleeps by Kai Engel. And our theme is Solve the Damn Mystery by Jesse Spillane. 
Thank you for listening. Um, the nice thing about this episode being like so very late is that you have to wait less than a week until the next one. <laughs> Sorry about that. But uh, episode 14 should be out on schedule. Uh, the next episode will be out on January 15th. Hey, happy 2020, guys. So she's looking at Tonrear's bracelet. I really don't even want to ask anymore now. It's okay. Because <laughs> we've we've come this far. Anyone else? <laughs> Last chance. Last call. <laughs> Gideon. 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 <laughs> no, Gideon. Gideon's just been reading. She lost interest. Uria's <sighs> still just waving <laughs> and smiling. She's <laughs> been sitting there the whole time. Okay. Uh, she starts to turn into smoke, and as she does, she says, "Um." I will see you when I see Oberon. (laughs) Unlucky for him, I make a much better vampire than he does. And she turns into smoke and she actually drifts through like thin cracks in the wall. And she is gone. And as she leaves, um, all of you can actually hear a little bit of her voice. You can hear a little bit of her humming in your head. Creepy. Man, that creeped me out. <laughs> hmm. Well, uh, Tonrear's keeping the flame alight. The owl is going to probably just perch on his shoulder. He's going to take a deep breath, and then he's finally going to turn to Gideon <laughs> and say, Now, would you care to explain those claws? <laughs> Good. She's going to glance up from her book, kind of distracted, and just glance up and say, hmm, what? Your your claws. What? Oh. Yes, those. Yes, those. I, have you heard of the Grey Frost Clan? Hey, Jim, have I heard of the Grey Frost Clan? <laughs> <laughs> Who's Jim? <laughs> Jim, get in here, Jim. our historian. How well known is your family name? that Tonru would know who you are. Mm. Like, did they used to be really well known and then they became more secluded and their name kind of disappeared unless you're a historian? Yeah, they used to be more well known. And as kind of fire came to rise, their hold over the land kind of just shrank back into the mountainy areas. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't, I don't know how old Tonru would be, but 60. It was probably already happening before Gideon was born. Like, this was something that she heard of when she was a child. She heard that her family used to have a lot of sway. How old is Gideon? Gideon is 126, so she's quite young. Okay, so your family has been pretty secluded for more than 100 years. Actually, Nyx enters this conversation and says, Ah, that explains it. I know of the Greyfrost clan. Tonrear looks at Nyx with mild curiosity. (laughs) He just gestures to Gideon. (laughs) Go ahead. And then back to
to get in <laughs> to continue the claw explanation. Uh, so no, you have not heard of the gray frost. Okay, you know of silver scale? Oh my god. What is silver scale? Gets? It's the city. Yeah, you know of silver scale. Okay. You know it's a city in the north, like really, really so high, so icy that almost nothing grows. That's what you know. Okay. I nod a little bit. So, uh, as is the legend of Silverscale, it is up in the mountains where the legendary silver dragon originally nested. And that silver dragon is part of my bloodline. So I have certain powers and certain capabilities I can draw upon based on my lineage. Hmm. Nyx makes a, a big like monster face and says, um, she's a dragon. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for the clue in there. Not a full dragon. I'm very glad that we had this conversation. Now, Iria. Yes? We need to tend to you. Yeah, I was just looking at this coffin. It looks pretty comfy right now. I'm not feeling too great. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. You and your naps. Wingeth is going to chime in here. Uh, I I don't want to rush anybody, but it has occurred to me that if we hurry up and bind the spawn that we left in the cupboard, when Oberon dies, we'll have what we need. Hmm. So you're proposing that... We go back, pull said still vampire out of the dresser that we stuffed them in, drag them along for the fight, and then as soon as Oberon's killed, unstake it and then throw it through the hoop. I think we can just go back to the closet after Oberon's dead. I feel like the thread is kind of gone after that. I don't know how stable the castle is, though. I don't know if we'll be able to get back, provided some other weird magical thing, which does happen in places like this, happens to trigger and cause, oh, I don't know, the entire castle to crumble under the sand. We'll be able to tell if she changes. Nick sort of frowns and he says, "Um, you mean when her connection with Oberon is severed? Yeah. yeah she will. It is horrible, but she will wake up in a sense, and she will remember what has happened and she will remember what she has done. But yes, you will know because she will be alarmed. Mm-hmm. Nyx also says, um, now the sun went down not too long ago and we know that Orboron will hunt during the night. We have until dawn to get ourselves together. Judging by the state of some of us, and he looks at Iria and then a little at Gideon and then a little at Wingatha. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> he says, "Um, I think perhaps a safe place to rest is a good idea. Well, I do agree with this. Do we know how far away we are from his resting chambers? I know what you know of this castle. Hmm. And he gestures towards the door and says, "Um, but there's one way to find out. Explore. Iria starts walking towards the door. Is there anything that we can do for Aria's condition, at least to stabilize her a little bit more before we continue venturing out into hallways with doorknobs? <laughs> you would know this. Um, you guys actually picked up a potion in the storeroom that is used to treat ability damage, such as constitution damage, which is uh, what's currently got Aria's hit points so sad. <laughs> 
Perhaps you should imbibe the potion that we picked up just for such an occasion, and then we can see about treating along the way until we can find a good resting place. It's a potion of lesser restoration. And no matter who has it, they could pull it out now. I think Tondra had it, actually. Cool. I believe I said it's a blue potion. And Aria, do you down that? Yeah, I, I, I like glugged it all down in one one gulp. <laughs> okay, good. Let's resolve that real fast. Okay, you heal for ability damage. So that is your current max is back up to 14. Okay. And your current health is back up to eight. Okay, cool. Tonry, you were saying? I'm looking over the heal skill because I do have that as a trained skill just to see if there's anything else, but I think it's just for mostly it would apply to long-term care in this case. So if you guys find a place to rest, so you have you have what basically equates to a long rest period of time in front of you. Mm-hmm. So if you find a place to take a long rest, people who are more able-bodied can heal other people. And I'm going to go ahead and say like at least one of you in your adventuring kit has healing supplies. Somebody's going to have healing supplies. So a long-term heal skill is like to help stabilize or help people get a little bit of health back or like support someone while they recover from ability damage. So like you would be supporting people who have lost a lot of blood and need to get their strength back. Yeah, that's what Tonrir's intention is to provide long-term care uh, using that because they will uh, get twice their healing rate back during a long rest. Perfect. Yeah. So that's definitely on the table. Cool. Then, yeah, we need to, uh, yes, then let's find a place to rest and soon because we have not seen the sun in a bit and I'm not sure in this place where we are exactly with the nighttime. So I'm going to turn to, uh, I'll turn to Wingatha and say, where do you want to go? Me? I would guess that if she went out that door, she might know where his chambers are and perhaps we should follow. So she actually drifted through the wall Oh. in sort of a nondescript direction. Um, you get the impression that when vampires are in their gas form, they can move through the holes in the flagstone, like the the space between the stones, um, which would also like explain now why there were doors before where it was a place that was clearly commonly traveled, but the doorknobs themselves were trapped or dusty right. because the vampires don't use doors. But uh, you can actually see the open door that you guys are kind of near that was at like 12 o'clock part of the chamber opposite where you came in. Um, you can see a hallway um, that looks pretty well-traveled um, and has torches that are lit along the wall. Tonry is just going to nod toward that direction and say to the group, shall we? Wingatha's going to shrug and uh, she'll try pushing her, um, she'll leave the slippers on, try to fit her feet still inside the boots, if that works. <laughs> hmm. Uh, Kai, love it. Easier kickoff ability. Very sweaty feet. Yeah, that's fine. I think that's totally fine. Uh, and then um, sh- she'll go ahead and take point since she knows she's a. Uh, you know, she'll, she'll swing her shield back out front, you know, shield up front with a spear and just start um, heading on slowly up the hallway. I suppose Tom will fall in uh, behind with the owl still on his shoulder and uh, just keep a arrow knocked, but, you know, not pulled back. And Gideon seeing Tonra moving is just going to, still reading the book, but just kind of move forward, keeping him in her periphery. And is Nick still kind of holding back? 
Um, I think Nyx is actually gesturing for you to go in front of him. Um, he wants to he wants to sort of protect you. Oh, okay. Well, Iria like links arms with him until we get to the door and just kind of walks with him. Oh, he he smiles. He likes that. Um, he's a little cold to the touch. Um, and he he like links arms with you and then pulls back and says, I, "I'm sorry. I I like he's like sheepish and embarrassed that he's cold." Oh, Iria kind of like pulls him back in closer and hugs him to get him warm. Well, kind of warm, as warm as he can get. <laughs> <laughs> he he smiles, and uh, and I think you guys all walk, you know, sort of in this procession through this open door, and you enter into like a pretty well lit hallway. To your left, there is what looked like it once was another hallway, but it's like many parts of this castle it is caved in it's crumbled there's just stones and rocks everywhere um so that's a dead end but if you continue forward there is a long hallway and sort of like pretty far apart um there's a long hallway and like two very large ornate doors okay let me see i have was it three zero level two level one and one level two spells available each day i think is how it goes Sounds right. Damn. All right. I need to rest. Um, so uh, Tanmir, as, as we're walking, says, the sooner that we can rest, the sooner I'll be able to regain my composure and see about finding some more scouts for us to use in this castle. And he's looking about. Um, at this point, if there's room enough, the owl's just going to kind of scout down the hallway. Okay. Um, it is just a mostly empty hallway. I mean, it's just an empty hallway with, uh, two doors on the left. Um, it looks like these are two really big rooms. Ominous. Here goes for the door handle. <laughs> okay. No, no, she doesn't really. <laughs> you can, if you want. <laughs> I'm already halfway dead. Tonmir may or may not give grief for that. I think you reach out for the door and Nyx is like, can, can you detect magic? I can. And she keeps going for the door. Bit, wait, <laughs> bit of a leap. <laughs> just a, yep. He, he just sighs. Okay. <laughs> now she backs up a little bit and then does detect magic. Um, so you cast detect magic in this hallway and the door closest to you and the door on the far side both do not appear to have anything magic on them. All right. Well, I open the door. Okay. Um, the first door that's closest to you guys opens up into like a really lavish, sweet bedroom. It is like very well put together. Um, there's like a beautiful four poster bed. There are some various paintings on the walls of like mountains and trees and forests. Um, and there is a painting on the floor on the far side that's just turned towards the wall. Um, and then inside this room, it looks like it opens into another room that you can see is like a bathroom. So you get the impression that like this room and the other room are like two bedrooms connected by like a bathroom suite. Does it look very lived in? This one does not. This one looks like no one has been in here in quite a while. Upon gazing in there, Tonmer is going to immediately suggest perhaps we should set up here and try to get some rest. I think that's a great idea. Okay. It is big and pretty dusty. There's like some spiders in various corners, but like for the most part, it looks like it looks like someone is coming in there periodically to do some cleaning. It hasn't been sitting for a century. So yeah, I mean, there is a bed. It's kind of dusty. There's like 
some fancy rugs. There's like some furs draped across the bed and uh, the door to the bathroom is open. And uh, yeah, it looks like a, like a pretty good place to chill. Okay. So um, Tom is going to, you know, of course take a look in there and he says, we can go ahead and set up in here and I can leave my owl out in the hallway. It's a bit of a scout in case anything tries to come toward us and we can close the door behind us to make sure that we stay somewhat concealed. And if it looks okay in there, then my immediate concern is to tend the wounds of area. And then once that's done, I must also rest because I need to gain my energy back. Okay. Nix is in agreement. Um, and he says, um, I don't sleep. Well, not much. So I can keep watch as well. Tonrer nods and just continues to move into the room by the bed uh, to uh, sort out some of the things in his pack to be able to work on healing. Gideon, when you walk into this room, you can see through the door to the bathroom like a gorgeous, like ivory clawed bathtub. <laughs> oh boy. Gideon rushes towards it. <laughs> okay. It's, it's a gorgeous clawed bathtub. And there's what looks like kind of an enchanted tap. Um, that looks like it could make water happen. Um, and you can see through the bathroom, there is another bedroom on the other side that actually looks like it is lived in. Okay, Gideon's just going to start the tap on the bathroom. Okay. Yeah, so she's just going to, like, she walked in with the group. She was reading her book. She looked up around the room, was kind of unimpressed, glanced over, saw the bathtub, rushed towards it, turned on the water, and, like, stripped off her rope. <laughs> Nick's like, covers his eyes, and he's like, does she always do this? <laughs> yep, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, well, if you guys are gonna are gonna take a little rest in here, um, just give me a little information on what you guys do during your rest, and then uh, and we'll a bath. <laughs> uh, Wingeth is gonna like kind of prowl around the room, checking every closet and under everything, and looking for a coffin. <laughs> Smart in every possible space. So in this room, there's actually almost nothing. Um, in the back of it, there's what looks like a really big closet. It's mostly empty. There are like some gowns in there, including like a wedding dress that looks like it's never been worn or opened. It looks like this room was set up for a woman and then she never lived in it. And I think as you're prowling around, you find that portrait that has been set down, face down, like up against a wall, facing away from everything. And I think you turn it around and it's a portrait of Thalia. Mm. But there's no coffin in this room or anything like that in here. It just seems like a really simple room. Nothing is enchanted. Doesn't seem like anything's trapped. It's just sort of a lavish suite. Iria is wondering, like, if this is Thalia's room or supposed to be Thalia's room, then who would be the person next to her? Would it be Oberon? Upon uh, hearing that, um, Tonra is actually going to look up from his pack and say, what next room? Because he didn't see the bathroom. Uh, yeah, Wingatha would continue her search into the other room as well. Okay. Um, Nyx goes with you. Gideon's taking a bath. Um, does everybody <laughs> else go with Wingatha to explore the other room? I think that while they're doing that, I'm going to continue setting up so that way I can tend to area. That way when she's ready to be taken care of, I can immediately get started because I'm going to need my own rest too. Okay. So... Wingatha, Nyx, and Iria head into a room that you rightly guessed is Oberon's bedroom. Um, there is a large portrait of him on the wall. There are like roses carved into the wood of the four-poster bed. 
there's like a little desk, kind of like a mini study. There's a um, crystal, what do you call a thing you keep alcohol in? Just like decanter? Sounds good. That sounds great. I don't drink and I don't have money, but uh, it's but a, like a, a crystal where you would normally expect to find like a fine scotch or something, but instead it looks like it has blood in it. The room actually looks pretty lived in, except for the bed. The bed is dusty, um, and it looks like the comforter on the bed is is kind of falling apart at the seams. And there is a large tapestry on the back wall of the room. And the tapestry looks like it is a portrayal of a court, um, of which you can you can now identify Oberon as sort of the very handsome man. Um, and you can also see someone that you think might be Thalia in the tapestry. So he's got a portrait of himself and a tapestry of himself. Yes. Does he have like little pictures of himself on his bedside table or something? <laughs> uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> I think he has like a lot of books of like poetry on his bedside table. Oh, and there is um, there is like a like a black leather bound book on his. There's a little desk in there next to the sort of blood drinking situation, and there's like a like an open black book on his desk. Well, Iria is satisfied knowing that she was right. So she turns around and goes back to the other room because she is still feeling pretty broken. I think Nyx goes over to the desk and flips through the book and sighs and then holds it out to you, Wingatha. Book? Uh, Are there any pictures? (laughs) Oh, you're right. Uh, No, there's no pictures. (laughs) She'll she'll look it over like, hmm. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Nyx squints at you and takes it back and then places it inside the inner pocket of his jacket and says, um, it is a list of victims cataloged with how well their blood tasted. <sighs> he is a monster. We must finish him. Well organized. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and he sighs and, and sort of tucks that away. Wingatha, what are you checking out? Just every every place in the room. I'm looking for a coffin, uh, closets, and under the. Okay. There, there's a bed in here too. Yeah, yeah there's a four, four, four poster with roses on it. So you know, you look under the bed, and I think you see a lot of dust um, and a lot of shoes. Um, you look around, and you remember that, like in the other room, there was a closet behind the bed on the sort of the far wall. In this room, there is just a large tapestry. Yeah, I'm gonna look behind the tapestry. Okay. Um, there's an open chamber. Um, it looks like if you walk through what used to be the closet, uh, there will be a hallway behind it. Okay. I'll, I'll look back before I go down and be like, Hey guys, guys, check this out. And like disappear behind the tapestry. (laughs) Okay. Is anyone even in there? I am now. (laughs) Oh, in the room with me. (laughs) Wingeth is shouting like the rooms are connected. Um, what was supposed to be Thalia's bedroom, but like the part, the partner suite or the partner bedroom is connected by the bathroom to Oberon's room, so you can hear her say like, "Hey guys." Okay. Can I see in there, or do I need to get a torch or something? I think it's pretty dark, um, and you you walk past the tapestry, right? Yeah, I, I like lift it aside and go underneath it. Give me a reflex saving throw. The eight. Oh dear. So there is an enormous pendulum trap. There's an enormous blade on a pendulum that swings down and slices at you. Um, and you take four points of damage. 
it kind of like slices at, you know, whatever part of you is first, maybe your arm. And I assume you, you either fall down or jump back. <laughs> okay. Is this swinging like down the hall towards the tapestry or like across? Uh, like across, like parallel with the... Okay. Like Oblivion Dungeon style. Uh, and you can see behind your foot, there's like a little wire that you tripped. Gotcha. Okay. She'll, she'll sense it coming and like whip back, but just not quite enough in time. It'll clip her arm and cut her armor open. So she's bleeding and she'll jump back out into the room going like, fuck, and like holding her arm bleeding. Uh, Tonrir is going to look up hearing that probably, I would imagine. Um, looking up from uh, doing his tending and care. And at this point, He's just going to shake his head and then go back <laughs> to tending uh, to what he's doing. I think Nick um, leans down and says, like, are you all right? Yeah, fine. But I'm guessing there's something important there we're going to need to want to know about. I'm guessing you're right. Um, and I'm going to, let's see. I think he is actually able to disable devices. So he is going to, getting kind of close to the blade, close enough that, like, it's, like, moving the wind from it is moving his fur he's going to lean up onto the wall where there is like a mechanism attached um where the wire like runs up and he's going to fidget with it for a couple minutes reach into his belt pull out some tools um and eventually the blade like slows and then stops moving and just hangs in the middle of the hallway and then he sort of like gestures like a sweeping gesture to wingatha like go ahead does she have a bleed status now because if so, I can treat that. <laughs> yeah, we'll go with yes. Um, Wingatha is is bleeding, so she'll continue to lose hit points as long as she's uh, bleeding untreated. Oh, good. Okay, well, she'll pull part of her arm armor off, and um... <laughs> just for context, Gideon's in the bathtub, like la 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 la. <laughs> <laughs> Probably just hears the commotion and like ducks her head completely under the water. <laughs> <laughs> She has her eyes closed. She's like totally enjoying the bath and doesn't give it care in the world. <laughs> There's like perfumes and soaps and like all the stuff you're used to is around you. Yeah. Wingatha, do I have, I don't have any like bandaging of my own. Well, she'll, she'll use part of her cloak to just kind of like be compressing to try to stop the blood and um, kind of like shout back of like, does anyone have a torch or night vision elf? eyes that can see through this hallway <sighs> Nyx can you see what's down there Nyx, Nyx can he leans his head and then walks a little ways in and then walks a little ways out and without anything being triggered he smiles at you and sort of claps you on the shoulder and says um, come see for yourself he walks back into the bedroom takes a torch off of a sconce in the wall and then walks back in and you can see now that it's lit by a torch that there is a coffin in this hidden chamber behind the bedroom. Yeah, Wingatha just like snaps. It's like, I knew it. I knew it. Kind of yells back. <laughs> like, I like how you all were totally unconcerned with the fact that we're in a vampire's bedroom. Do you guys want to burn the coffin here? Tonner's tending. That's all he's going to do. Like, his patience <laughs> is just gone, and he's just going to do his job that he said he was going to do. And he's just like, you know, when. You're in a mall. And <laughs> what? There's a baby with an arm coming out of it. Just wait. Just hear me out. You're in a mall and you're like going past those kiosks where you know somebody's going to try to sell you something and you're just straight ahead. You're yeah, looking yeah, just yeah. straight ahead. 
and you don't want to pay attention to anything. That's exactly what's going on with him right now. Ter- uh, taking care of wounds. Like he's just focused on this. He doesn't want to acknowledge that they're already getting themselves into trouble in another room through a bathtub in which a naked half dragon lady is laying down and enjoying a bath. So that way the <laughs> things get are, are wounding. The party member can get taken care of. He's got that look on his face. That's his look <laughs> of determination. Nothing's stopping him from this one task. <laughs> Wingatha, I think you and Nyx take that torch and you light that coffin on fire. And I'm sure that you delight in watching it burn for several minutes in the empty stone hall before it crumbles into a pile of burnt rubble. Because when you head back to the partner suite... It's knowing that Oberon thought he was so clever, and you proved him wrong. Tonrir, your owl's great golden eyes keep watch outside the hall, straightening his feathers with nervous clicks of his beak, even though all is still. You tend to Iria, to Wingatha, and then you wash your hands clean. And when all is still, you climb silent and graceful up the thick wooden frame of the four-poster bed to perch at the highest point of the room, balanced as if on a branch. You sleep sitting, your head resting on your knees and your bow ready in your hands. Gideon, you soak your lean form in the hot perfumed bath, scrubbing dried blood from the bite wound at your throat and cleaning debris from beneath your claws. You even clean your clothes, a beautiful mix of dragon skin and fine fabrics, wiping your own blood from the high collar and refastening your dragon skin haramaki securely around your waist. Once dressed, you settle, cross-legged, on the cleanest patch of the bedroom floor to meditate deeply. The vampire compendium sits shut in your lap as your mind imagines snowflakes whirling outside a familiar window and parses through the information you've gathered today. Iria, you hurt all over. Movement is pain, and sleep feels out of reach. But Tonrir tends to your wounds with care and helps you to the tub after Gideon is done. You scrub the blood and the dirt from your fur and from your clothes, and then you hang your dripping armor up to dry so you won't continue to smell like a meal. When you spread your clean bedroll out beside the dusty four-poster bed, it is to curl up wearing only your silky fur. But you've only had your eyes shut for several moments when you feel a comforting weight. It is Nick's cloak, draped respectfully over you, before he returns to his watch. Wingatha, you don't sleep. How could you? You don't sleep well on the best of nights, and this is far from. Tonrir wraps a clean bandage tight around your new wound to stop the bleeding, a deep slice along your upper arm. But not before you've left a trail from Oberon's room back to the partner suite. The carpet is stained red, and you take a quiet delight in that, because who is this monster to deserve nice things? You sit, propped up in a high-backed chair padded with elaborate furs, the tip of your greatsword pressed into the carpet, and the hilt beneath your hands and forehead as you drift, ever so slightly, and rest your aching body and your busy mind. The rest of the night passes this way, and when you all begin to rouse, you find Nyx in the corner, leaning against the wall, watching over the room with his arms crossed. He is holding a small portrait between his fingertips, and is glancing down at it periodically, 
something soft in his eyes. And somewhere, in the sand dunes above this dusty castle, the moon begins to set, and Lord Oberon turns his eyes back to home. <laughs>